You are listening to the Anna Brandt Podcast for the year 2022. Anna Brandt has been a professional photographer for over 23 years and has taught worldwide in over 34 countries and continues to educate in person and online. My name is Ava Brandt and I am happy to welcome you to the fourth season of my mom's podcast channel. We hope you subscribe and stick around. Hey everyone, today we're going to talk about something that is near and dear to my heart, and it's my children and my business. Both of those things I love very much. Obviously, I love my children way more. Um, But when I began to build my business, I didn't have any children. And so it was, you know, just me and my ideas and doing what I'm doing, like many of you. But like many of you, you have children, whether they're two or 22, raising children and building a business is not easy. And and how do you do it without feeling guilty, without feeling like one is taking more precedence over the other? It is a challenge. And this podcast is not here to tell you it's easy or to even give you 5,000 amazing tips to make it easier because I don't think it's easy. But I do think it's possible. I think it's possible to raise your children and build your business at the same time and do it as well as you can. When I had Evan, I had been working in the photography world. I had launched my business. I had left my corporate job and my time was really my own. And what was great about that was I was able to have him and I didn't have to worry about work or taking time off. If I wanted to just lay in bed and snuggle with him all day, I could. And if I wanted to use him as my little test subject and photograph him all day, I could. And I did both of those things. And it was a really great time because I was working out of my home and on location. And he was just my little sidekick. I would take him everywhere. I took him to the lab with me. I took him on photo shoots with me. He would sit next to me during photo shoots. And, you know, there was really no one to tell me I couldn't do that. And so why not do that? I remember some of the first photo shoots I had in the condo that we lived in in Huntington Beach. I was shooting child models. And the child models that I was shooting were between six months to one year. And it was just natural light and they were just sitting and I needed to get some good headshots. And I would sit Evan right next to me. And he would laugh at all of the ways that I was trying to make my client's child laugh, that Evan would just sit there and laugh and he would make the babies laugh. And it was just the funniest thing ever because my clients would be like, oh my gosh, what a good little, you know, baby wrangler you have helping you work. And it wasn't even intentional. It was, I didn't have a babysitter. I didn't have any family because I had moved from New York to California and his dad was traveling. And so I was on my own trying to build my business. I never really thought when I look back that my customers wouldn't be comfortable with Evan being around. Now, he wasn't on every shoot. Of course, there were times where I needed to go to the beach and do a shoot and I just couldn't have him with me. But he was on many more shoots than than you could imagine. I mean, I remember I would put him in a stroller and we had this garden area down in the condo area that we lived in. And I would put him in the stroller, kind of rock him to sleep, go down and do a shoe right in this garden area while he was still in the stroller next to me. 
And my clients wouldn't think anything of it. They would look at him. He's sleeping. I would do a shoot. He was, you know, just right next to me. And it was easy. Now, keep in mind, my business wasn't wasn't what it is today. I was primarily shooting models for free to build my portfolio. I was shooting child models paid, but they were all teeny tiny subjects. And I got to know the moms and they knew that I was a new mom. And I was shooting with them while I was pregnant. So when I had the baby, it wasn't a surprise that I just showed up with a baby. They knew I had a baby. Many of them knew that I was new from New York and I didn't have any family here. I really wasn't that comfortable leaving Evan with anybody. I was a big Dateline watcher, so much so that my kids now tell me I'm not allowed to watch Dateline. And I was terrified of anyone kidnapping Evan, smothering Evan. I was afraid of him drowning, so much so that I put him in the water at three months just to make sure that he was water safe. And then shortly after that, put him in swim lessons. So that by the time he was one, the swimming instructor threw him in the pool with all his clothes on and he was able to float because I was so worried about him drowning because we had a pool. Fast forward, he's 21 and he was a lifeguard for several years and also is a surfer and is very, very, very comfortable in the water. And part of that was just my paranoia of I'm not me not wanting him to drown you know, being a new mom, being new in California, being raised in New York, you don't really hear that much about people drowning. Obviously they do. And when I first moved to California, I felt like all I heard were kids drowning and kids getting run over, two of my biggest fears. And so when I started having children, I was, you know, worried about all the things that you're worried about as a parent. And by the way, trying to build a business. Over the years, you know, I had Evan, Olivia, and Ava. And with Olivia, I had my first studio, my first kind of retail studio, but not. I basically had a sign on my door that said by appointment only. So I didn't need to be there Monday through Friday. I was only there when I had a particular photo shoot. So if somebody came to my studio door, they would see that, you know, it's only by appointment only. And it was in kind of this little strip mall and it was on a main street, but it wasn't in an area like I'm in now where I'm in the center of downtown and a lot of people would come by. If people were going to this space, they would purposely seek me out. So it was, it was nice. It was a little 500 square foot studio and I didn't feel a lot of pressure to be open all the time, which was good because now I have a newborn and a two-year-old. When I had Evan, he was going to preschool he and Olivia are actually two and a half years apart. So he at two and a half went to a preschool that was really only open half a day. So, you know, if you have a preschooler, by the time you get there, it seems like a couple hours later, you have to turn around and pick them up. Well, that was kind of my life. Now add a newborn to it. And by the time I dropped Evan off at preschool, went to the studio, nursed Olivia, I had barely enough time for one photo shoot before I had to go back, pick Evan up, bring them both home feed them, get them down for a nap. If you have little kids, you know what I'm talking about. It is 24 seven. You're just trying to survive. Now add trying to build a business, keep up with social media, shoot, edit, feed your children, take care of the laundry, clean the house and everything else that you're supposed to be doing. If you have help, consider yourself very lucky and probably one of the few percentage in the world that actually has help with your children. Many people don't. And I didn't when I first started out as well. I ended up hiring some babysitters that would help me from time to time. 
And one of the things I did that was super helpful is I would trade off with friends that I had who had little kids. I would take their kids for a couple of hours, have a play date with my kids so they could run errands and then vice versa. They would take my kids for a couple of hours. I could go do a photo shoot and vice versa. So we would trade off on and off all the time. And I loved that. It wasn't something we did every day, but about once a week we would trade off children. It was great for my kids because they had little friends to play with. And then the mom could go and do her shopping and her errands. And then it was great for me. I was one of the few working moms in our group. I could do a photo shoot or two and not stress about leaving my kids with a stranger. As I started hiring babysitters, the very first babysitter I had, actually her dad worked for Canon. And I was super excited because I felt like she could kind of be a little assistant and help me with my kids as well. And as I grew along my business, I would look to hire people that could help me with my children. I remember interviewing assistants and saying, okay, my kids come to work with me every day. So you need to be able to hold the child, answer the phone, feed a child, get me if my child needs to nurse and take care of clients at the same time. Some assistants thrived in that environment and others did not. The idea is that if you're going to build the business and raise children, you've got to decide what, what your comfort level is. Are you comfortable working with your children by your side? Some people will say, no way, Anna, I don't know. I want to go to work and not have the kids, you know, by my side. And I want to just focus on my work and leave them at home or with a sitter or at school. Or yes, I do want my children by my side. And, and there's no right or wrong answer here, but you've got to be honest with yourself and decide who are you as an individual, whether you're a mom or a dad. Are you somebody that wants to work without your children and just focus on your work so that when you get home, you could be with your children? Or are you somebody that wants to raise your business with your children in tow? For me, I wanted to raise my business with my children in tow. Why? You know, I'm the youngest of five in my adopted family. We're all a year apart. My mom was at home for many years, um, but then she did become an ordained minister, I believe, when I was around 12. And when she became an ordained minister, the ministry gave her a house that was two hours away from the house that we were living in, which meant that most Friday nights she would pack up all of us kids. We would pack a bag and we would go to this other house and stay there for the weekend because she needed to preach on Sunday. And so that was kind of our second home that we would just go and hang out with on the weekend. And we got to know the neighborhood kids. And that was just kind of what we did to support my mother because she, this was one of her callings. She had three master's degrees and divinity, psychology, and theology. And she felt that she wanted to do this. And so she wasn't going to do it and leave all of us kids in a house and go two hours and to preach in another town without her five children. It wasn't even a topic of conversation. I don't even remember the topic of conversation. I just remember one day she was an ordained minister and there was a second home and that's where we were going to church. And it wasn't even a thought. We would pack up our school books, pack up our activities, go to this other house. We would hang out. People would come over for therapy for my mom at the house. The phone was always ringing. We were a big part of the church. There was always bake sales. There was always activities. And so my mom's work was a part of our life. It was something she was very passionate about. She was very passionate about helping others. 
She was passionate about the message she would deliver on Sunday. You know, back then I had no idea the amount of work that went behind what she had to do. Not only did she have to write her sermon every Sunday, but I remember her typing into the wee hours of the night and she would type up her own bulletin that was printed and handed out at the Sunday service. And she didn't have anyone do that. I remember she had a secretary that helps her, but she was the one that had to script out the entire bulletin to hand out for Sunday service. She was the one that had to write up the sermon. She was the one that had to deliver it. And then she would have to wait with, there'd be rows of people wanting to speak to my mom after the sermon. They would hug her. They would talk to her. They would tell her her stories. We would go to the house for dinner. And then the phone would ring all afternoon of people wanting to talk to my mother, people stopping by, needing her just for a few moments. All the while, her and my dad would cook dinner, Sunday dinner, and make sure that we could all eat together as a family. And we would tend to our chores and homework. So, you know, being raised by a mother who felt that she could help her community, she could work and raise her children. I really didn't know anything else. When she wasn't working or preparing for the weekend service, she was busy doing a million other things. She loved to craft. She could sew. She could cook. She could wallpaper. She could refinish furniture. There was nothing, there was never a time where my mom would sit idle. In fact, the only time I remember her ever being idle was when I would come down in the early morning for breakfast and she would be sitting there with her hot cup of coffee, but you would hear the dishwasher going and you would hear the washer and dryer going. And you knew that she had already been up for a few hours and she was just having those quiet moments waiting for the kids to come down one by one for breakfast and our lunches and get us ready for school. When I think back to that time, I don't know how she did what she did, but I knew that she did it while she was raising us. And so when I was building my business, to be honest, I didn't know any other way. I didn't think for one second that I was going to just hire a nanny and that they were going to take care of the kids. And if you do have a nanny and you can afford to have a nanny, I think that's great. I did end up hiring a nanny when Ava was born by the third child. After the advice of my mother, who said, you need help. Now you have three children, you have a booming business, you can't do it all by yourself, you need help. And it was her advice to go and hire someone in the home to help me. And so I put away the mom guilt and I did hire somebody who a few months later had to leave the country. And I was remember being devastated because I had finally made the decision. I even went to a nanny service and hired this woman. She spoke German and Spanish, and I was super excited. She was going to teach Ava multiple languages. She was going to be in the home and take care of our laundry and cook. And I was so excited. And then less than six months later, she had to go back to Germany and she wasn't coming back. And I was devastated. I had finally made the decision to have help in the home and I could feel comfortable leaving Ava at home. And it didn't work out. So off to work, Ava went with me. I ended up hiring her niece because she said she had a niece that was available and she could help me out. And her name is Gabby. And Gabby's been with me 17 years later. Gabby came to me and Gabby was very talented and she could sew and she could cook and she spoke Spanish. And I was telling her all my ideas that I was trying to build a clothing line and I had hired pattern makers to make diaper covers. And Gabby ended up being my very first seamstress. And so what happened was I ended up getting help with my child getting help in my business. And Gabby ended up sewing for me and helping me watch Ava and became part of our family. 
and helping me raise my children. And to this day, she's like a second mom to Ava. And, you know, I was able to end up having people grow with me, grow with my children, grow in my business and be a part of everything I'm doing and be just as passionate as I am. And so there's so many different ways that you can do this. You can say, okay, Anna, I I hear you. That's great. But raising children is exhausting and it's tiring and I can barely get out of bed in the morning, let alone feed, nurse, do whatever you need to do. And I get it. But you have to understand that when my children were little, I wasn't traveling the world. I wasn't leaving the country. I wasn't doing 15 photo sessions a week. I wasn't trying to handle TikTok, Instagram, Facebook, and everything else. There were days where all I did was feed my children, bathe them, and do laundry and very little else. And there were other days where I'd pick them up, throw them in the car seat 5,000 times a day, get them to the store, buy groceries, get them to the lab, pick up my film, you know, and try to file, try to build a business and do all those things and then collapse with exhaustion at the end of the night. There's going to be days where you shower and you get yourself together and you feel amazing and you feel like a wonder woman and you've got it all together and all the kids are fed and they have clothing and, and everyone's happy. And then there's going to be days where you wake up and your whole day's planned and someone vomits at your feet and the juice spills over and, you know, your house is toppling over and you feel so overwhelmed that you just want to quit everything. I've had all those days and more. I've had days I've wanted to quit my day job and just stay at home. I've had days where I didn't want to be home and I just wanted to be out shooting till sunset because I just didn't want to come home and deal with it. I've had days where I would just sit and play with Ava and do Dora House or with Olivia and her dolls or Evan's favorite thing was going to Michael's or to the craft store so he could paint a canvas or, or do something crafty. And nothing else mattered but those particular times with those kids. But then there were other days where it's, let's throw them all in the car. We're going to go do photo shoots and we're going to travel and we're going to go. And so the idea is that you've got to first go back to decide who you are. As I said in the beginning of this podcast, are you somebody that wants to do this while you're raising your children? Are you editing with one hand and holding a baby in the other? Or do you say, no, Anna, I need, I need a break. I've got a nanny. I've got a sitter. I escape for a few hours. I go do my craft and then I come home and then I'm a great parent. And, and there's no wrong answer. That's great. But don't kid yourself. Don't say, well, I want to bring my kids in tow and I want to bring them to the studio and I want to have so much fun. And then you're annoyed with them and you're yelling at them and you're bossing them around and you're not being a good mom to them and you're feeling like they're in the way because they're not going to want to be around you and they're going to not, they're going to not be so happy with the work their mom is doing. And so make the decisions and then give yourself a little bit of grace. All of my kids now, they're 17, 19, and 21. They're all very comfortable with cameras. They do better video than I do. They can edit. They have, you know, all their social media channels. You know, they are very comfortable in the creative environment they were raised. They all have their own talents. They can all paint. I can't even draw a stick figure, but they all have their own mediums that they paint with. Evan is oils, Olivia's acrylics. Ava does pastels and they all have different ways that they do their video and their photography. And, you know, Olivia is really good at designing a room. You can give her an empty room and she'll design an entire room. You know, Ava is super crafty, get her to Home Depot and she just loves to build things. She has her own, her own tool belt and her own toolkit. And she gets very upset if Evan borrows her tools. 
you know, Evan's a mixture of both of them. He likes to paint, he likes to build, he likes to do video. They all have their different ways of being creative. But that doesn't mean that they're forced into this creative world. They also have days where they don't want to do anything creative, but they know that they've got the freedom to create. And my hope is that they know that when they do decide to build their business and create their own careers and their own lives, they can do it with or without their children by the side. There's another issue I want to address here is how do clients feel about my children being involved? And this is something that a lot of photographers come to me with. They'll say, well, Anna, is it okay if my five-year-old, six-year-old, seven-year-old, you know, you name the age, assists me in a photo session? Like, what will my clients think? And is it okay if they're in another room, you know, playing, what will my clients think? I was in Jersey yesterday doing a workshop and I posted a live video on my YouTube channel and on my Instagram channel because I was so overly impressed by the photographer that I was visiting. Her name is Sabrina and she has four children. And not only does she run a photography business, but she runs a candle business where she holds candle parties and makes candles. She does this with no assistance, no help, no staff. When I opened up the doors to her candle studio, I was blown away. She had moved into this place in January and gutted it and built it from the bottom up with her husband. Here we are, it's just into August. And if you could see the work that she has done in this place, it's like nothing I've ever seen before. And I kept saying, where's your staff? Where's your assistant? I don't have any. I don't have any. Who helps you? My kids. And when I said, who cleans up after a candle party when you've got 28 people making candles and all I could think of is wax dripping all over the place. And I'm just imagining the cleanup. And she's like, me, my kids. And then she showed me her kids room that I literally walked in and out of four times because I loved it so much. And one of her kids had drawn a little note to me. And, and it said, I think it said, hi, Anna, we love you. And she, you know, drawn it in chalk. And she said, oh, my kids, you know, I haven't slept for a week. I told them Anna Brand's coming. I told them Anna Brand's coming and they've been helping me clean. And the whole week they had been prepping. And every conversation I had with Sabrina, she mentioned my kids, every single conversation. She said, oh, my kids have been preparing for your visit. My kids helped me move this room. My kids helped me do this. And when I saw this beautiful kid's room with the TV and hooks for their backpacks and toys, and she explained she wanted to have this room that was theirs, that they felt comfortable in. It was exactly how I feel about my kids. And when I saw that here is this woman building her name, building her business, and doing all of this with her kids by her side, I was literally speechless because to me, that's the whole purpose of it. You can't get this time back. You're going to blink and your kids are going to be grown and older and you can't get this time back. You're their parent, your mother, their father, the sister, the aunt, their caregiver, whoever you are in their lives. They need you. They need to know that you'll hear them, that you'll make time for them, that they can be part of your process. They want to help you. And your clients, your clients will respect it. They'll respect it as long as you have it under control. And you may not always have it under control, but I've had nothing but positive feedback from my clients. I've never had a client say, why is your child in this photo shoot? Or why is your child helping? In fact, the opposite. 
Ava started babysitting for my clients at 12 years of age. She's now 17. And it started because she was helping out in photo sessions so much and she was doing better than my assistants. I didn't really have to tell her to do anything. She would know what to do. And I felt like I had assistants that I would have to train them how to handle babies. And Ava at 12 was better at handling babies than some of the assistants that I had hired. And Ava would beg me, mom, can I be in a photo shoot? Or if I, if it was a Saturday and I was going to the studio, she would say, who are you going to the studio with? How old is the child? What is the name? Have I met them before? Can I come with you? And she would come and my clients would love her because she would help with the babies. And she did such a good job that they would say, can I, can I hire her? Can I hire her to babysit? She ended up getting CPR certified because she wanted to make sure that she was safe around babies and she was very comfortable. And now many times on her weekends, she spends that time babysitting for my clients. Many times on the weekends and during the holidays, people will say, where's Ava? Because they know her and they feel very comfortable about her around my children. I've never had a client question why my children are around. I built a play area when I moved from a 500 square foot studio to a 2,500 square foot studio. One of the first things I did was build a play area for my children. Not only did it serve as a play area for my children, but when my assistants had their children, they brought them into the play area as well. And the idea was if I'm going to be a children and family photographer, there are times where my kid's going to be around and there are times where they're going to come after school, do their homework. Now, did I have to train them to not interrupt my photo sessions all the time? Of course. Did they have to learn how to be respectful around clients? Of course. And it's not easy. And there were times where I felt like my child needed me and my client needed me at the same time. And so as I grew in my business, I started to get help and assistance and made it comfortable so that if my kids were at the studio, my staff were very comfortable with the kids and they could help my kids as well. So much so that my children many times feel very comfortable calling the different staff members when they need something. You know, Alex, my videographer and podcast producer has now been with me 11 years. He's seen my children grow up. They're very comfortable around him and they've called upon him for many things way outside of his job description. As I said, Gabby's been like a second mother to them, so much so that she's on the emergency contact list at our school. And when I think about my childhood and growing up, my mom had many, many people in our lives that we thought were our aunts and uncles, which were really coworkers or friends or people of the church that were there for kind of backup when my mom wasn't available. I remember my piano teacher, I was super close to her. And I would go for piano lessons after school. Sometimes I'd ride my bike, sometimes I'd walk there. And then I ended up having dinner there. And then sometimes I would go when it wasn't piano lesson day. And I became so close to my piano teacher, not even really thinking anything of it. But when I look back, it was probably a way for my mom to say, hey, can Anna take piano lessons there? And can she stay for dinner? And, you know, can she come, you know, other days? And so my piano teacher wasn't just my piano teacher. She was part of our family. She was like a second grandmother to me. And we shared a lot of holidays and activities with her. And I remember years later hearing of her passing and being so sad because she was such a part of our life. And so my mom would have people in our lives that were were like that, that would teach us piano or that would take us to swim lessons or that would be there for after school when she couldn't be there for us, that we would just assume it's normal. 
We didn't really know the relationship, but now that I look back as an adult, I'm sure she was paying them for piano lessons, or maybe she was bartering time or, you know, she was doing the best that she could do and trying to figure out how can I raise my children? How can I start building my business, doing my career, but also allowing my children to experience talents like piano lessons and other things like that. So there are ways that you can marry them all together. You can kind of build your tribe, your village, because we can't do it alone. To say that we're going to just raise our business and build our empire alone is is silly. To say that we're just going to raise our children in isolation and never get any help is silly. Why? Why? Get your circle bigger. Start meeting other moms or dads and start networking and find ways that you can say, I want to build the business, but keep my children a priority so they know how important they are and then find a way to do both. Of course, you have to talk to your partner and everybody kind of has to be in sync and you have to sit down and do schedules. And I remember sitting down and telling my kids what nights I was going to work late and what nights I wasn't going to work and what nights I would make dinner and what nights they'd have to make their own dinner. And it's constant communication, constant juggling, but it can be done because now in the blink of an eye, I have a 17, 19, 21 year old. I don't even know when that happened. I literally don't even know when that happened. I remember when Olivia was teething and I couldn't get her off my lap. She was teething and she was miserable. So I would have to do photo sessions with her on my lap. And I remember being so stressed out, like, oh my gosh, this client must think I'm out of my mind. And I can't leave Olivia with anybody because she doesn't want to go with anyone. And I have to take her everywhere with me. And this client's never going to hire me again. And then they did and they came again and again. And now I have clients that go look back to that period and they'll look at Ava, who's five feet seven and 17 years age, because she's a senior now, going into her senior year of high school. And they say, is that Ava? Is that the baby? Is that the baby girl that used to sleep in the swing in your production room? And I say, yeah, I remember I used to tell my staff, they used to have to shut off their lights because Ava would sleep in this Papasan swing in the production room and we needed the lights off. And they would work on the computers for two hours while Ava just slept in the swing. I'll never forget that time. And I remember framing, I used to do my own framing and Olivia's favorite thing was laying on the framing table. She would put five Sharpies in her hand and she would draw. And it would drive me crazy because I was trying to frame and she would get Sharpie everywhere. I have pictures of her laying on my framing table. All she wanted to do was take my Sharpies and draw right where I was supposed to be framing. That was just her thing. You know, Evan, Evan was just busy. He was everywhere. He wanted his trains and he wanted his cars and he wanted to go to Home Depot. And he just, he was just busy all the time. And so I was constantly packing bags of, you know, crayons and markers and, you know, toolkits and things to keep him busy. And now here he's building a sink wall in his studio. So it's possible. It's possible to build the business and to raise children. Is it easy? Nothing's easy. Nothing's easy. Going to work in corporate's not easy. I worked in corporate 10 years. You know, catching a bus sometimes in the, the snow in the winter in New York is not easy. I mean, nothing is really easy. But I think at the end of the day, if it's something you really want to do and you're passionate about it and you say, this is my life, I've made a decision, I want to build a business, whatever you're doing, you're a shoemaker, you're building homes, whatever you're doing, and you say, I also want to build, have children and build them into my life, you can do it. 
I have a client the other day and he builds homes and I'm so fascinated because he says he buys the property and then he builds the homes from the bottom up and he has a baby boy, just had a baby boy. And at his photo shoot, I was like, oh my gosh, you are going to have this little baby boy who's going to follow you on this land while you're building. I could just, I could literally just see it happening. And he smiled. He had said he had bought some things for his son you know, I can't remember what it was, but he had bought something for his son that he could use, you know, on the job site. And I thought, how fun is that? Now he could have said, well, I don't want him on the job site. I'm going to go to work and just see him at dinner. But he, he knew, he knew how I think I felt about raising children and building a business. And I could tell he was excited about doing the same as well. Hopefully, some of the things that I'm sharing with you resonate with you. Maybe you're struggling to build a business and to keep up with the social media and all the tasks that your business requires and raise your children. If you are, sit down and make a schedule and pick days that you're going to work and days that you're home. Find people that can help you with your children and give you a break. They don't need to be with you 24-7 and figure out when you can be away so that when you are home with them, you're present. Find ways to incorporate them into field trips and show them what you do and make it fun. And if you're going to paint a backdrop, help them help you or build a set and have them help you because they want to do the things you're doing. They want to be around you. If you're not doing photography and you're doing some other type of business, how can you show your children the importance that your work has? Maybe you're a lawyer and you go to a courtroom and you can't bring your children with you but you could share some of the experiences that you have when you come home because they want to hear it. They want to hear about your day and they want to hear about what you're doing because they have no idea. They have no idea. And, you know, it's just one of the reasons why you bring your child to work day because people know that it's important that kids know what their parents do because many times they don't. You know, my dad was an accountant and for years I had no idea what he would do. Well, I remember when he got an office in the center of our town, which is two blocks away from the high school that I went to. And there were many times where I had to go to his office after school because he was my ride home and I'd bring my schoolwork and I had to just sit in his office while he did his work and I would do my schoolwork. And so I would hear him talk to clients come in and it's an accountant's office. So I couldn't say a word and I would just sit there and I would listen and he would meet with his clients and they'd go over their taxes and I would just sit and do my homework. And it was only an hour or two after school. I ended up going to school and majoring in accounting. And I remember when I was in Panasonic, the very first corporate job I had, and I was a temp and I was working in their accounting department and they were going to hire someone else for this full-time position. And they didn't because she had previously worked for Panasonic and they had a rule that if you left the company, you couldn't come back for five years. So when she went to apply for the job, they found out she had previously worked there and so they couldn't hire her. And I remember them saying, Anna, do you want to apply for this position? And I said, sure. And they said, okay, we're going to ask you a few questions. We're going to ask you some accounting terminology and we want to see if you know it. And I remember they wanted to know if I knew what the word accrual was and cost accounting and, you know, AR and AP and receivables and payables. And I knew every word that they asked me. When I look back to that time, I hadn't was not in school yet for accounting. When I look back at that time, the only way that I knew the answers to that was listening and observing in my dad's practice. 
I had no idea that, you know, being in fifth or sixth grade and going to my dad's office after school would come in handy later when I was going for a job and they ended up hiring me and I worked for Panasonic. And I loved that. That was a great way to get experience in the corporate world. All of these experiences that you have as an adult are going to shape your child's future, whether you realize it or not, for good and bad. You know, they may go a completely different direction. Maybe you're corporate law and they are creative and they want to paint or vice versa. It doesn't mean they're going to do what you do. But I think that the idea is that you need to be happy and content with the path that you have chosen for your life, whether you're a stay at home, whether you travel, whether you work for corporate, whatever you do, it really doesn't matter. But if you're going to raise children and involve them in your life, then do that. Let them know what you're doing. When you have to go away, tell them what you're doing. Show them, bring them on a trip, show them your office, ask them if they want to know about your day. And then ask them about their day. Take time out to play with them, sleep in with them, take naps with them and make them understand how important they are in your life. And I think if you can do those things as you grow and as they grow, you'll find that you can build a business and raise children. I hope that some of the things that I said today will help you out in your own life. I don't know. Reach out, ask me a question. Let me know what you want to hear, what your struggles are, and that you listened. And I look forward to a future podcast, just sharing a little bit of the information that I have and how I've raised my business and children along the way. I'm Anna Brent. Thanks for listening. Did you like this podcast? We would love it if you gave my mom a kind review and reach out to her. To learn more about Anna, visit AnnaBrandt.com. You can find out about her education opportunities at AnnaBrandtEducation.com.